Welcome to Man United Footy Talks. Yeah. Are you ready for the renaissance? Oh my God. What a feeling. What? Are they on, are they on fire or what? It, I, it's just funny. It's like, it's great to be a Man U fan again. And there's, there's, there's just that, that thing, whatever it is, that thing has come back, that Man U thing. Who and who do you think if if you were to if you were to attach the you know the reasoning uh, behind that to either a player or a manager who would you give that credit to? Well, I think I give it. To, I think I would give it to Ollie because he showed real balls in terms of his activity in the January transfer window he did the one move that everyone was behind and everyone got which was bringing in uh fernandez bruno fernandez Mm -hmm. they needed that guy they needed some kind of creative spark in the midfield but they also needed someone with some nastiness and that's the really interesting thing about fernandez is that he's like skulls and roy Keane as one player he's he's nasty he gets in people's faces. He even like got in Pep Guardiola's face in the Manchester derby. Don't know if you saw that. No, but I didn't he, see that. Oh man, but he can just ping. Holy cow, can the man ping? All of his passes have that zap, like mm-hmm. that Ionesta zap. They they've just got this like electrical ping to them. Really technical players have that ability to move the ball at this unique, super direct, super precise pace and he can spread it all over the park as well but do these really really lovely intricate passes that people don't anticipate he can break play so all of a sudden the plays change direction in a way that no one can anticipate so everyone knew about everyone knew about Fernandez but the really cool thing is Igalo the the striker because Mm -hmm. they were actually the first goal yesterday right Man, what a peach. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's just like the Tony Yeboa goal for Leeds like decades ago. That's like, that's on everyone's top 10, maybe even top five Premier League goals of all time. Man, it was just wonderful. And it's such a good story because he also, well, firstly, from like a practical point of view on the pitch, basically what Ollie was trying to do was bring someone in who could play in that, Dwight York, Andy Cole, Teddy Sheringham kind of role, like a out-and-out centre-forward attacker who just stayed up there, could actually hold up the ball, someone that's just actually going to be in the box making a nuisance of themselves, and someone that has that like killer instinct to really finish. And neither Rashford or Marshall have been able to do that because both of those guys are players that start deeper and they're more involved in the, in the build-up of play. They're not mm-hmm. people who hang around in the box and, and mess things up. So it was really great that he, he, it's almost like he went back in time and got, got someone in that really old, you know, for basically a striker from the team, the Man U team that he played in. But what's really cool about that guy as well is his approach and how he feels about being at Man U, which is the exact opposite of Pogba, the exact opposite, because Pogba's basically taken the season off to have some kind of corrective surgery 
with a summer move to either PSG or Real Madrid in mind. He, 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 he doesn't care about playing for Man U. And to an extent, he doesn't really even care about playing. You know, it's almost just like he's on the pitch playing for himself. I think I've said in the past to you before that if, when you watch Pogba play, the moment there's a break in the play, if he has a shot and it goes wide, he immediately makes eye contact with the, with the camera. He, <laughs> he, he's always, it's, it's like he's hypersensitive of how he's being perceived and he's more, more he, does, he never forgets that he's being watched, Pogba. Whereas mm-hmm. Fernandez is like a total beast on the pitch. And in Galo, I believe he took a pay cut to, to play for Man U. It was Where like did he come from? Uh, he was playing in the, uh, in the Super League in China. I don't oh, yeah. know the exact team. He played for, who did he play for? Watford or someone. Who was it? Watford? Oh, I'm looking up here. He's, uh, he's was Nigerian. A, yeah, a couple of seasons back. He had a season or two in the Premier League. Yeah, he had and, three years with Watford. Yeah. Three years, okay, yeah. So he'd scored, he scored a bunch of goals. But no one, he wasn't on anyone's radar thinking of, Certainly not even coming back to the Premier League, let alone going to Man U. And I think they'd actually tried to get this kid, this kid that had come through the youth system at Man U, but then had gone to Bournemouth, I think. They were trying to bring him back, but it fell through. So basically, those two players have changed the, they've changed the whole team. You've got this really honest workhorse of a player up top, and then you've got this demon magician tenacious midfielder and that's just changed that's just changed everything so yeah it's really it's great however however a friend of mine who has people in the know is convinced that the season is actually going to be uh, declared void because of the coronavirus like what does that mean like it's not they're not just going to award they're not going to end it on on the on, on the date that it ended? Is, is that because there is a difference in the amount of games played or what's, why wouldn't they just say, okay, the season's done on, the, on this date? Well, it's funny, isn't it? Because uh, that's what I thought. And I was thinking, you know, I think Liverpool only needs, what is it, another six points? Mm-hmm. To, um, and then they're champions anyway. But the problem is, is that if they, if they, he was basically saying, I think this is correct, he was basically saying, if they, declare Liverpool the champions, then they also have to do things at the bottom end of the table and like relegate people. So people would have to be relegated at this stage as well. Um, And obviously that has enormous financial implications for those teams. Um, Why would you have to do that? Because you'd be declaring the title you'd be you basically say okay the season ends now um and so whatever position you're in now that's that's the result to the season yeah but couldn't you just say couldn't you just say okay liverpool you guys win here's a trophy but nothing else changes because everything else is like ceremonial and traditional but really doesn't i suppose yeah i mean i i suppose you could do that uh, it, it would seem it would seem to me like you could do that, um, but I mean, who knows? I mean, there's still a mathematical possibility that they could be caught. That's the thing. Yeah, who knows, man? 
there's just um, i know there's, there's just so much money at stake that's the thing so you would say that the the difference in the in the way that the club is playing is is not so much based on because now it's going to be hard it's hard to get all these guys that are playing well um you know let's say the season get, get gets back on right it's hard to get them all playing time yeah that's right, right. yeah cuz martial um I mean, he's he, he was a bit he was a bit injured in in the la, in the last match, right? Like that's why he didn't mm. play. Yeah, that's right. Um, but yeah, it's it's been interesting. And and how about this James kid? See, I really like James, and it's interesting because when they they basically signed him for pace, he had like a breakthrough season last year. I think he was playing in the championship. Was it Cardiff or someone? Um, Everyone knew he was pacey, but I think there was a cup game because it was a cup game against, I think this is the case. It was a cup game against maybe a Premier League uh, opposition. I think it was when I was out of action in retreat, maybe, but um, he scored this goal on the break and basically ran the length of the pitch, accelerating all the way and then finished. So if everyone was like, oh my gosh, who's this guy, Speedy Gonzalez. Mm -hmm. So that's why Manu signed him for pace. And at the very beginning of the season, before Man U had sort of fallen into that like turgid pattern when they were still playing quite free flow, he he banged a load of goals in. I think he scored right. quite. I think he scored three games in on the trot and won him some games. Similar kind of goal where he was on the left cutting in from the right. Sorry, yeah, cut, he was on the left cutting in towards the right. Um, but then since then it's just been hard for him to function because of the way they've been playing. They've generally been using him with Marshall as the low, basically the Marshall, the furthest person out the pitch. And then he's like this link player for them basically to get the ball to Marshall on the break. So, mm -hmm. so but he's really only had the chance to use his pace in those games where they play very defensive against better teams and then break. So as a consequence, right. I just think it's, it's not flowed so much for him. Whereas they were, they were kind of playing with a bit of a swagger last night or whenever it was two nights ago. Um, no, it was last night, wasn't it? Playing yeah, it was last and, night, yeah. And so he had that like freedom. Yeah, I, I like him a lot. He's a cool guy. Very cool guy. He, he's another person who seems to have a very good temperament. Yeah, it's it's been it's felt like such a an overnight. It, it feels like it it might have changed when they when they got that win in the last in the last derby. Yeah, that was in right. that was in early December, I believe. Okay, and right. that was kind of that 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 was definitely an unexpected win because oh, they yeah, weren't really right. going at that point. That's right. Yeah, I think when when Oli came in, he kind of gave them all a lift, and then it kind of dropped yeah. off. A bit. I mean, there there weren't a lot of people that thought that Ollie should should uh, you know they thought he was just a a caretaker, right? Like it, it when, was, he, when yeah, he came in, was, exactly. I think it was kind of a relief to get rid of Jose because the energy got so flat and depressive. It's interesting how the exact same thing has happened at Spurs. I don't know if you've noticed, but yeah. they've basically they've basically turned into Man U. They're like. They're like a car that ran out of gas about five miles ago and it's got and it's lost a wheel and it's steaming, but it's still just about 
trundling along. I mean, my God, everyone there, it's exactly as it was at the end of Jose. Everyone's like depressed. Yeah. Eric, Eric Dyer is so frustrated that he's got, you know, climbing 10 rows up into the stands to have a yeah, fight yeah. at the end of a game. Um, so when, when Oli came in, they had that kind of bounce that you often get just from the mood changing. But what was interesting was that he went on this like 10 game run with that good energy. And it, it was during that period, I think they brought him in just on loan till the end of the season. And it was almost like all the players were, were playing really well almost for him to get him the permanent role. So they knew he'd be there to the, you know, through the summer recruitment period and into the start of the next season. Mm-hmm. But then it was really funny how the moment he was rewarded and given the permanent job, the form just dipped again. It was like they'd right. done the job, but as soon as everything, you know, like as soon as it stopped being a work in progress and was locked down, they immediately reverted to the same bad habits. I think also another factor in them being more effective in games and scoring more goals is the fact that Jesse Lingard has, I, I think, I, I believe he's got some sort of, some things going on behind the scenes, like family related stuff that's meant that he, he's been playing less. He's been way less effective. Um, so he's been playing less and he, he hasn't even been in the squad recently. And person, he seems like a nice guy, but personally, I just found he was one of those players who he just he just slowed everything down. Like he, when they were attacking, without fail, almost every time he would he would get the ball, advance to the to the left hand side of the edge of the eighteen yard box, and then just turn back and always like pass back along the eighteen yard box or pass back, back and forth, these like lateral passes. Just constantly like slowing the game down. And if you watch the the best attacking teams, if you particularly if you watch Barcelona, they they they're always ready to take a risk and play a forward pass. Always. And the strikers mm-hmm. know that so they make runs and they get the ball. But man you they were just getting to that last third and they had no comp. There was like basically that those midfielders weren't confident that they could make the forward pass. So the strikers stopped making the runs and everything would just kind of slow down and become flat um, in that last third of the pitch. But now it's really different because you've got Bruno pulling these like lovely right. passes. You know, no one would have thought to have done that like lovely scooped quick free kick over the wall that Marshall got on the end of. So yeah, it's almost like back to the Manu Manu of old and they're like, they're fun to watch again. It's great. It was also really cool in the, um, the game last night. The fact that there was no crowd meant you could actually hear them. Did you watch, did yep. you watch it? Was, yeah. It was, yeah. I watched a bunch of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you can hear kids, you hear kids like, you know, crying. Yeah. There were kids right, in the exactly. slam. <laughs> yeah. It was very go? weird. Yeah. yeah. It was it's surreal, wasn't it? I heard my guys on uh, the Top Play Time Machine podcast really talking about that uh, they felt that um, Wayne Rooney had kind of been 
you know, under, uh, underappreciated. Mm. They sort of, they sort of were reflecting on, because I guess his, one of his, his records had been, had been just sort of eclipsed um, in, in the, uh, I think, by a Man City player. Oh, okay. Uh, Can you but anyways, yeah, no, yeah, I'll look it up. But, um, I, think, I think goals, but they were just talking more about how, um, how it's like, the thing is ever since, so he, 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 you know, he came on, he came on the scene with a lot of hoopla, right. With a lot of hype. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and they were just saying, you know, he, he would sort of, it's like he, they felt that the media, you know, because he came, he's kind of, um, you know, blue collar background. Right. Oh yeah. That, um, um, you know, that he wasn't really given his due. Um, right. Just, just because, and you know, and they said, listen, he played, he would play like multiple positions. He was never just sort of a straight up striker, right? Well, well, he was, but he's moved around a lot, and mm-hmm. literally everywhere he's gone, he's got the most goals for England, right? Yeah. Yep. He just scores. Yeah. And and it's true. I I I sort of like feel like he's not. I mean, you must have watched him pretty, pretty, pretty closely. So I'm, I'm curious to know what your thoughts are on that. R- R- Rooney is an absolute beast, an absolute beast. I, my brother and I sort of disagree on this because he's a big, my brother's a big Man U fan, but he never really liked Rooney that much. My God, man, that guy is, he's just, he's awesome. He, he's also got that skulls ability and you see that more now because um, he's playing much deeper for Derby some people call it like the quarterback position and he, he, he pings it around all over the place. When, when Derby played Man U, when was that earlier this week or last week? Mm-hmm. He did, he did not lose the ball once. Uh, every time he got the ball, he made an effective pass and he, he, he was easily holding off the other defender, you know, the other Man U midfielders, all of whom are, you know, much um, younger and fitter than him. Yeah, man, mm-hmm. he's a, he's a, he's a total beast. He's a total demon. Maybe, Maybe Rooney suffered because of the players that he was playing around and the focus that his his contemporaries re- received. In particular, it, Rooney was overshadowed by Ronaldo because they they were were basically peers. Um, right. Did Rooney 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 came later, didn't he? He joined Manu. Which who was there first? Yeah, Ronaldo was there first, I think. That's right, isn't it? And then Rooney came afterwards. But the interesting thing is that to begin with, that there there wasn't there was very little between the two of them. I mean, to begin with, Ronaldo was a winger, just an out and out winger. He wasn't a goal scorer, whereas Rooney was just like this. He's like the ultimate street player. A lot of his um, a lot of his teammates said that he played angry. Like he for ninety minutes, he was angry on the pitch. Like he's actually like a hoodlum. And you see when he scores goals, he's kind of he what he releases is anger. It's not it's not it's not like relief or or joy. It's it's almost like rage. You know, it, right. it's like it looks like assault is with what's taking place. And it part of my French, it really fucking is the. If you look at his highlight reel, I mean, he fucking leathers that ball, man. Like net splitting, 
goals. Well, I think there was that there was that uh, that clip from from last year where they played in MLS that I think even went went, went viral. Where were oh, really? you at in the UK? Where where he scored? He he sort of had this right at the end of the game this slide tackle, this pick oh, it that's up, it. This, right? This pass across the whole field, right? That's it, exactly. Yeah, just nice. I mean, he's one of those guys that he only knows one hundred and ten percent kind of thing on the pitch. Right. But but then but then but then the problem with with the Rooney is that um, Ronaldo basically eclipsed him because because Ronaldo was rent, relentlessly pursuing perfection, like Ronaldo was after total mastery of his craft, and he was after records. And nothing was basically going to get in his way. Whereas Rooney was, it, Rooney's basically like a family man who was just really happy with his, well, happy to have his wife and kids, but then also being happy to go to brothels and things like that. But you can only imagine what life is like as a Premier League footballer. But it's basically like right. once he was, once he was at Man U banging them in, that was a, it was almost like that was enough for Rooney. Right. That was almost like, that was the full scope of his vision. Whereas Ronaldo was like, apparently he was just, when everyone else had gone home, he was there for the rest of the day training. And, 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 it was, and in a sense, like Rooney was the same player throughout the whole of his career. And then only at the end, out of necessity, dropped into a deeper role because of his age. Whereas Rooney, uh, Ronaldo rather began as uh, a winger, but then because he was so powerful and so fat. I mean, to begin with, he was just fast. He was right. fast and he was fast and tricky. You know, he would, he would do all these intricate step overs. Yeah, exactly. But then, but then when he got to the uh, Premier League, I guess Alex Ferguson was like, you have to bulk up. So he got in the gym and, and as he became stronger, he, he was constantly innovating. He was the first person to, come up with the, um, the chop, the, the like hammer chop free kick where you deliberately kick the ball on the valve so that it does the big exaggerated dip afterwards. I think they've changed the way they make balls now so you can't exploit that. Um, right. But he, so then he became an, an out and out striker for, for Man U because Fergie was like exploiting his, his, uh, the physical prowess he was developing. And then when he went to Real Madrid, he just became an absolute fucking like, goal machine. Like, yeah. and, and basically all he did was like, he wasn't taking people on anymore. He was just like killing people with pace and then just banging it home. Um, right. And he had that, there was that one season when Mourinho was there. I think they got, got like 120 goals between them or something, more than 100 points. Um, so yeah, that's, that's maybe one reason why Rooney doesn't get the credit that he perhaps deserves as many players in this generation won't just because of the dominance of Ronaldo and Messi. Um, but uh, yeah, who knows? Maybe people will, will, will appreciate him more in time. Uh, I, I love, I love the guy. I think he's great. Yeah. Well, yeah, sorry. Like I pulled up the stat here with Aguero and it's, they've, they've matched each other. Um, in terms of goals, well, they are like um, two fifty or something. They're the top two top scores for the Manchester clubs, two fifty three. Two fifty three. Okay, but but Aguero did it in in three hundred and sixty six games, uh, right. and Rooney did it in five hundred and fifty nine. Bloody hell! Look at that. 
so Aguero is scoring 0.69 goals a game and uh, Rooney is 0.45. Right. And also Aguero, does it from the bench or gets benched a lot, whereas Rooney was a starter? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, but, then again, diff- but, but then again, he played, he played lots of different positions, right? That's true. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Like he was playing yeah. in the midfield where Aguero's always been. He's always, he's always a, he, and he's in the box all the time, isn't he? Yeah, that's right. And also he's playing, I suppose the whole time he's been at, at uh, Man, Man City, they've, they've been a crazy out and out attacking team, especially with, under Pep. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting. Like I think, um, yeah, and they've both scored around 180 Prem goals. Okay. Okay, but so it, the rest. It, it, so it's two, two fifty, two fifty in total, 180 in the Premier League. Yeah. Okay. Right. But awesome. it, it's kind of it's kind of funny. They don't like. Uh, it took me a while as compared to a, a North American sport. It's like stats aren't like doesn't seem to be a main you know when you like when you as a fan as as a diehard fan like are you looking at stats like how do you really like decide on the quality of a player um how do you help you know because it actually it it took like on on the man united site there's really there's nowhere where they keep the goals I, i went on like bbc sport and i had to click around and they're not really keeping they're, they're keeping sort of the minutes played and the goals and the assists, shots on target, but comparatively, it's really not, not a lot of data. Though, yeah, I, though I'm sure the teams have a lot of data. Like, I'm sure it just doesn't seem to – because it's not on the, a website for fans, it doesn't seem like fans really, you know, care that much about this stuff. It's a big difference between the UK and North America. That I remember when I was in Montreal, my, my friends there were always talking about the stats in – baseball and basketball and football and hockey and and that and they they would ask me the same question and it, I, I it was hard for me to get to get across I don't think any of them really believed me that in the UK we're just not that bothered about that stuff it's really simple it's just like the only the only stats that are of note are the result and and then who the top scorer is that's it and then and then in well, terms and also of, and also I've, I've found that it you know caps are like appearances are like seem to be really if you start the game that is like huge like yes that it, that is a big sign right like yes. unless you think the ma- the manager is a complete moron right and then you yes. can think well whatever but yeah um, yeah caps is a big one but other than that like at the end of the game they'll flash up you know number of corners number of shots number of shots on target but that's, yeah. it's, only, it's only there for like 30 seconds and then you never think about it again. And then what will happen is like probably, probably within every social group of 10 friends, there's like one person who's a diehard stato, as we call it. You know, there's one person who'll be diving into to that kind of stuff. But it's viewed as a kind of extreme, um, you know, sort of like novelty stuff. In, unlike the you know the news feed of like BBC Sport, they'll pull out some obscure stats, um, but that's sort of how they're viewed. They're not they're not they're not key indicators of 
of the way games go or they're not things that people drill down into afterwards so much. Mm -hmm. Yeah, why is it that North Americans are so into that? Is it because of the nature of the sports themselves? Like American football is like, it's more like planning a conflict, isn't it? You know, you're looking at a board and moving war pieces around and planning different techniques. I and think things. it's, um, I think it's, uh, I think it's like media driven at, at the beginning. Right. It's a way, it's a way to tell a story. Okay. Right. It's a way to sort of unpack what happened in a game. Yeah. Um, it's also, you know, there was these teams, these teams, they surely, even in, in, in the EPL, are collecting tons and tons of data that are helping them make their decisions. The difference I find is that, like, the fans don't seem to be as interested in that data, whereas here we want all of that, right? right and okay. I, I personally don't find it to be that entertaining or, you know, necessary. But mm -hmm. if someone is playing, you know, fantasy sports, it can yeah. help. It can help with that. It can help yeah. with gambling. It can help with gambling, right? Well, that's the um, thing. So I, I myself, I, I, I've never been into the fantasy football or the gambling side, but I know both of those things are super popular. So it may well be that someone that's into those pursuits is actually going to be drilling down into stats and be well into them and stuff. On the gambling side, for sure, I would have thought. Mm -hmm. Sorry, I'm just looking at some, I just Googled funny Wayne Rooney tweets. Because, well, yeah, yeah, there's lots of good content here. <laughs> good he, just, he just was like... Does he you know, tweet himself? Has he got a Twitter? Oh, yeah. Or tweets about him? He does have one. Mr. Bean. Funny. Mr. Bean is Wayne Rooney. That was a, no, that was a tweet. Oh, okay. Like he, it seems like he didn't really understand. Like, <laughs> that like was a there's tweet. Mr. Bean, funny. Yeah, there's a tweet. Oh. There's a tweet in from 2011 that says, "Hi Rio, do you want picking up in the morning, pal?" <laughs> it's like incoherent, but it seems like he thinks it's just like a, a text message to Rio Ferdinand. <laughs> oh, Rooney. That's isn't that lovely? I mean, that's just—he's just a sweet guy. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. He's just a sweet guy. Asking Rio Ferdinand if he wants picking up on the way to training on an on a national on an international social media platform. That's Wayne Rooney. That's right. why. And then, so there's there's a there's a tweet from Phil Neville that says <laughs> that says says I'm up and and ready for first session of the day, bike ride round the lake. <laughs> and, Wayne and Wayne Rooney replies to him. He says, Sh "Shut up, Philip. You are boring the life out of me on this." <laughs> oh my gosh! It's so funny. It's oh, like no. so deadpan, and you don't know if he's, you know, in on it or. No, he's not in on it. He's not in on it. Oh, rude dog. Man, there was a great one with, um, yeah, there was a great one about uh, Whitney Houston too, right? Kind of random out of, out of nowhere. Do you remember that one? No. That was the one from 2012 where he goes, Whitney has, pa has passed away. 
RIP, you'll live on it forever. Uh, can't believe it. I, I want to run to you. Really can't believe this. <laughs> <laughs> it's absurd, right? <laughs> well, Whitney Houston, like. Who wants to run to her? Yeah. Oh, man. Wow. That's sweet. I mean, that's the thing. A lot of these footballers, right? They, um, I hope this, this might sound like an awful thing to say, but um, you, can, you can imagine it, right? Because you start playing football when you're a kid. And that, most people, they, you know, they play football as a kid, but then they're forced to go into radically different working environments. But as a yeah. as a kid as a kid playing football, you ju you just play football, so that's your life and your sort of like intellectual, emotional, developmental level. But then that this activity that you do becomes a, something that provides you with like millions of pounds and riches and fame. So there isn't that you aren't forced by circumstances to undergo any kind of profound personality transformation. So. You can stay actually. You can stay quite. Uh, you can. You can. Let's put it this way. You can maintain a childlike enjoyment of life, shall we say? Mm -hmm. um, and you know, certainly, like, stay a bit uncomplicated. And you kind of get that a little bit because those are just like really sweet comments, aren't they? Do you know what I mean? Those well, are that's, yeah, the, you've that's the kind of thing you write in the back of a school book. You've definitely really finessed your way around around what you're trying to say i, I like I, it i've been very, very careful i can see the record, i can see the record logo on the screen so well, yeah, no I, but it, i edited myself there no i no i think i think i think it was great i think that um it's it's something that people kind of feel uncomfortable talking about it's, really, it's never really brought up but it's like yeah like because it's not every player, right? So you never want to generalize, no. right? You don't. No, of course not. So it's not it's not accurate, right? To say no. every player is like this, but there's like, you know, in here in hockey in Canada, or, um, you know, some player who, who who yeah never really even had to go to high school, right? Right. Even more and so I, over there. Yeah, yeah. There yeah, and it, and people don't talk about it either because it's like. It, it's it's a bit elitist because school in general, or even especially post secondary school, costs a lot of money. So yeah. you, you know it's hard to to criticize people that don't that do that. And there's lots of ways to um, to learn. You don't yes. just have to learn it in an institution. Absolutely. Exactly. Exactly. But, yeah. But but also that is a place where a lot of people learn, and it's a good place to learn. And if yes. you don't do it fuck you you might you might you know like you mentioned you might, you might how you season. said it but you might you might maintain your childhood appreciation of life or however you said it yeah that um, sounds good <laughs> i like i like hearing that back i got i got out of jail free there <laughs>